Hey, this is Rob Liefeld, and you're listening to uh, Matt, Ian, and Paul on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Welcome to episode 140 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Soft Sharpwood. Hello. And Matt Casal. Hey, Ian. It is Monday night, February 15th. Tonight we're going to cover the Batman v Superman final trailer before the movie comes out in just over a month. And we're going to talk Deadpool, which all of us saw this weekend. Joining us tonight is a special guest, a friend of ours, by the name of Matt Walker. Hello. Since we now have two Matts on the show, from this point forward, we will refer to Matt Walker as Walker. Is that all right with you? Every day of my life. No M Dub. No. Do you? Do you? Would you prefer M Dub? Texas we'll Ranger, see. if you want. Well, Texas Ranger. Just we'll feel it out. Chuck you know. Morris. I'm, I'm okay You're more like Trivet, except white. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> We'll see how it goes. It's a, it's going to be a, a long show. we got a lot of time to get familiar. So, uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. We like to start things with housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Uh, if you go to McSauce.com, you can check out the reviews, the podcast, the web comics, all the McSauce goodness. So check us out at McSauce.com. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know this. But for any new listeners that we may have picked up, that's where housekeeping comes into play. The best way to follow what we're up to is always on the Facebook page. So go to Facebook and type in McSauce and you'll be greeted with our home on Facebook. We post all of our updates there. We also update on the films, comic books that we follow, as well as uh, other podcasts and other friends, the things that they're up to on the Facebook page. You can follow the podcast a number of different ways. You can go to iTunes, download us, and subscribe there. You can also go to Stitcher Radio and check us out there. And uh, Podomatic also has a streaming option and a download option. I don't know what's the, what that is. Sounds ominous. And the classic episodes can be found at mcsawspodcast.libsyn.com. So that's all the housekeeping that we have for tonight because we got a big show full of wonderful things. A lot of stuff happened this weekend. So why don't we start with the Batman v Superman trailer? Personally, I wish they would have shown this trailer and only this trailer and none of the previous trailers. I like this one so much. But why don't we let Matt Walker kick things off? M-Dub, please. Why don't we let M-Dub kick things off pressure. tonight? Because he's, he's got some gripes. I've got one gripe. I Overall, I like the fact that they're finally showing... Ben Affleck as Batman kind of in action um, up until now it's been a lot of him in a suit like a real suit not the bat suit the one gripe I have um, is after you see kind of the, the Batmobile careening off of Superman's body as though it's nothing and 
Superman kind of gives him just a little bitty shove in his big iron suit, and he flies away off into the distance. Superman really, like, takes a swing at him, and he stops it. And I want to say that Superman was just kind of holding back because he doesn't really want to hurt Batman. Right. But the look on his face right after he takes this swing tells me otherwise. Like, he was trying to make a point and was very surprised that he was able to block this shot. I don't think he should have been able to just block his shot that easily. Well, this movie shouldn't even be happening. I mean, Batman's... 100% incapacitated in half of a second against Superman. But people like Batman more than Superman. Batman needs the win to some extent. So I'm sure there will be some convoluted reason why the genius Bruce Wayne is capable of beating someone way out of his his heavyweight range. Matt, are you having deja vu? Does this feel like every <laughs> fucking episode that we've ever done that features the boy in blue and the fucking dark knight? Ugh. For the long-time listeners, if you go back to episode three, the infamous Dwayne Johnson gets hit by a bus. Uh, I thought that Ian and I laid out perfectly logical explanations how Batman can win. Um, Paul seems to have forgotten it was almost three years ago. But, yeah, it's not convoluted. It is. And I get it. It's not. You know, he has... Well, it is, because... Yeah, okay, Batman has kryptonite on him. It weakens him. Well, Superman can fucking see him from space and fucking laser beam his head off. Done. He doesn't need to be right up in his shit like that. If he was fucking Frank Castle or Wade Wilson. But But he's not. He's Clark Kent. Right. That's the end of this whole fucking discussion about Batman. No, the end of the whole discussion is you don't have a movie unless Batman has a chance. So, yeah, I get it. He's probably got some kryptonite on his person, or he's read kryptonite in, around the place that they're fighting. Like, I get it. It's it's cool. And that, that scene was one of my favorite bits of this trailer, because of the look on Clark's face when he's like, oh, fuck. Because, yeah, he's, he's pulling his punches the entire time, but he's sending that message with that punch. He's so like, when right. Dark Knight Returns, right, would you not have the comic book The Dark Knight Returns? Or, like, if any of the millions of fucking Batman Superman stories told throughout the years. I get They're it. acting like this is a one-off thing. No, But it's I get actually it. something that's been a, a pretty fertile ground for people to write stories oh, about, I know. dude. I get it. I understand why it happens. But in quote-unquote reality, mm. it wouldn't. But I get, I get it. I get it. And that the scene you're talking about is one of the things I loved about it. Because at that point, Superman is like, oh, shit. Because he's trying to send that message with that punch. And that's when, you know, the tables start to turn. And I, lo- I, I love the look on his face. I love the way it's, it's shot. I'm excited. It's hard to speculate on that scene, too, because we don't know where all the other action pieces where he's in, where um, Batman is in his suit of armor fall into place. We don't know if that punch is the first thing that happens or if that's during the fight or what happens there. So it's hard to kind of pinpoint what what really is being said there. But you didn't like it. That part and then the other part of it that I don't, I'm not particularly psyched about. Is... So there were two parts. You said there was one, but now there's two. But there's one overarching part that really 
just gets me, and I I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong. <clears throat> when Clark Bones owns Lois in the bathtub, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's, second, that's my favorite. My second favorite part of this trailer. No, no, that's not it. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I I have bad news gonna... for you. You're not wrong. He is in the movie. Well, no, he is in the movie. I'm just afraid that this is DC's attempt to try to give him that sort of Joker persona from. Uh, the Dark Knight, kind of like wacky, unhinged, like insane, but a super genius at the same time. I always felt like I grew up with Gene Hackman as the only Lex Luthor, so forgive me if Jesse Eisenberg rubs me the wrong way, but he just does for some reason. Yeah, like my Lex Luthor is animated series Clancy Brown Lex Luthor, where yeah he's. He's a little unhinged to a certain point, but he's unhinged like Batman's unhinged. On the outside, he's completely composed. He's five steps ahead of everybody else. He knows what's going on. He knows what the deal is. It's not so much that he's crazy, is that he is super obsessed. But, yeah, this Lex seems to be... They, 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 I don't want my Lex Luthor to be crazy. And I understand the first Lex Luthor way back in the 30s was, you know, like crazy mad scientist. And he had long orange hair in the beginning. But that's not the Lex I want. I want suave businessman that can go toe-to-toe with Batman on the battlefield and in the boardroom. We've had, um, I thought you were going to say bedroom. We've had (laughs) suave um, (coughs) businessman Lex Luthor since the 80s. I mean, that's the one that I think we're all really familiar with. That's the one that works the best, I think. Um, every time I agree, uh, M Dub. Uh, every every time I hear Jesse Eisenberg, I'm like, man, this is not fucking working. This is I'm I'm never going to warm up to this actor in this role. Like I just I just don't like it. I don't think it's gonna work. I'm really hoping that at some point during this, like I I hope this is sort of a Lex Luthor begins, and that like this is the you know, the early Lex when he visits Smallville days on Smallville where he has hair and then and at some point during this movie because we saw the we saw the photo of him shaved bald, you know, he looked pretty badass in the Is picture. that a photo or was that Photoshop? I always thought it was some Photoshop that we saw. That was an official Batman v Superman image. So I'm hoping at some point, probably towards the end of the movie, he's in some kryptonite blast it forces causes him to lose his hair and maybe by the next part of whatever you know warner brothers and dc's planning we get more of we get a a hardened more serious lex Luthor. but even that kryptonite blast isn't gonna fix jesse eisenberg's acting abilities i think he can do it if that's what he's directed to do yeah yeah okay because he all he needs to do is be serious He's always going to come off as fucking um, the the character that he played in The Social Network. He's always going to be Mark Zuckerberg, in my eyes. Because that's, I think, to the core, that's, that's who he is. Like, he's just reprising that role in everything that I've ever seen of him. Yeah, and, and I don't, I don't want to sound like, um, I don't want to sound like I'm, um, you know Jesse Eisenberg's biggest fan. I'm I'm not a fan of this casting, but I'm trying to find 
the, the bright spots in this potential performance that will bring out the Lex Luthor that I want to see. Because so far, I haven't seen it. Except for that still, the, the black and white still with the shaved head. That gave me what I wanted. Now, those were the two points that we you know, had some problems with or some issues with. But I think over... Have, was that it, M-Dub? Oh, yeah. I think pretty overwhelmingly, we were... We were real feeling positive about this trailer and what it could possibly be. You know what we haven't said in a while? Matt, you've been awfully quiet over there. Does that mean I haven't been quiet lately? I think we I said it last not. week. Do we? I don't listen to the show. I, I don't like, know. I feel like he's been fairly inciting the last so many episodes. There hasn't hasn't been a lot of downtime from that side of the table. Yeah, you think so? <clears throat> I feel like secretly he lights matches between each of our toes and pretends it's both of us doing it to each other. <laughs> so, New Purge coming out, by the way. Yeah, that was a trailer that we saw before Deadpool. We'll get into that. Matt, go ahead. Well, what that means in the McSauce Comic Book Podcast is there is no more heated debate than the debate on whether the Purge what could really exist and if that idea could actually exist within our society or not. Um, and I don't think we've ever come closer to blows than we did during that debate, particularly <laughs> Ian and Paul. <laughs> Matt, we might have to have you on as a guest referee sometime when we, when we debate this again. But let me, let me talk to you guys about the Batman v Superman third trailer that, uh, that premiered, I guess, with Deadpool this weekend. Um, <clears throat> I thought the trailer was great. I thought it was awesome to see Batman in action finally, and not fighting Superman like with his super suit, but like real Batman. I had fantasized about Zack Snyder creating like his version of Batman ever since I saw Rorschach going through um, what, what's the villain's name in Watchmen? Morlock, Mor, Morlock. Modoc, Modoc, or you know, I'm talking about that guy, and as he's going through his apartment with his flashlight, like totally old school, I was like, man, it would be so cool if this guy made Batman. And in my head, it was just kind of a pipe dream, but here we are; it's a reality. And so far, the bits that I've seen, I'm not really let down, and I think that this could definitely be the definitive cinematic version of Batman. Uh, it's so funny to think back to two years ago when we found out that uh, Ben Affleck was going to be Batman, and everybody was, like, shitting on that idea. No. Except for you, Ian. Not everybody. I believe you had a, a pro... Uh, what, 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 what Batfleck. Batfleck t-shirt. Got a lot of shit <laughs> out of uh, the old Comic-Con for that. But um, everything that we've seen looks legit. Like, I feel like... The, the detractors really don't have a leg to stand on, at least as of what we've seen so far. Now, you know, the proof is going to be in the pudding when we finally see the movie, but until then, I think it looks really good. Uh, there, there was one thing that I kind of had a little bit of a problem with, which was uh, in The Man of Steel, it's, you know, the fans basically had a problem with all the destruction and all the death. And... And even I did to a degree. But then 
we come to this movie and it looks like the storyline's going to revolve around Bruce Wayne had a problem with it, so they're going to work it and weave it into the fabric of the story. But as it turns out, we're going to find out that Superman really isn't dangerous and he is one of the good guys. But what happens in this trailer? He's punching Batman through buildings exactly the same way he was punching Zod through buildings and, and having a disregard for human life. That it's, fucking as if, hypocrite As if Batman. he learned nothing. Superman. <clears throat> and that kind of bothers me because it's it immediately paints Superman as the villain. And I don't want Superman to be the villain. I want, just like I want in the um, Captain America Civil War movie, I want both characters to to have their own merits as a hero and as an audience member feel torn on like who's right and who's wrong and i don't think we're going to get that i think it's going to be clearly like everybody's going to be team batman unless you straight up hate batman paul then you're going to root for superman but it's just like they're they're not treating it the way that it should be it's like we haven't seen the beginning of this fight yet we don't know we don't know starts. what as, part of it is. Fa- as far as we know, when Batman hits Superman with the car, that's the beginning. They right. get out of the car, Superman tells him, quit fucking around, you're done. Right. This is the last warning. And right. then he leaves. And then Batman comes back. Because this guy can destroy a city. What can he do to the world? He's dangerous, we gotta take him out. So Batman attacks him again. Superman puts him down again, and he's like, look, I don't want to kill you. I could, but I'm not. So that should tell you that I'm not the bad guy. So, chill out. But then Batman comes back again. So, like, I don't think... I don't think this is... Well, I'm... I'm intuiting a lot from this. But I don't think they go ahead and paint... Is that really a word, intuiting? I feel like I think it's so. intuiting a yeah. lot. Okay, I didn't know I you could okay. use it as a verb. I don't think they're paint. I don't think Warner Brothers is going to paint Superman as the guy that's just going to go at a human... And he even says in one of the trailers, like, if I wanted you dead, you'd be dead. Like, so we know he's pulling his punches. But, yeah, I absolutely think for the general public, you know, yeah, Batman, we love Batman. Batman's got to be able to beat him. So, yeah, they're not going to paint it right down the middle of the road. I don't think that Superman has the benefit of, like, goodwill from the first movie since it was so polarizing and not everybody was on Superman's side, he wasn't as um, truth, justice, and the American way as he's usually presented. And I think that kind of hurts him here. Whereas if you're um, juxtaposing it against the Civil War, everybody likes Robert Downey Jr. Everybody likes Chris Evans. So you have factions of these two fan bases <clears throat> that will pick sides, um, I think, with more backstory... Right. Um, okay. So it's it's the same kind of argument, but condensed down with Superman, Batman, no, and it's now no, it's no no. The argument is everybody loves Batman, but everybody hates Ben Affleck. That's the real conflict for the viewer. It's does like, everybody hate Ben Affleck, Matt Walker? Does everybody hate Ben Affleck? I don't. See, Walker doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's what's different is you you have a, you have like ten movies built in where you see Chris Evans, you see Robert Downey Jr. They're both great in the roles. You know they're both good guys. But just like the Civil War comic book made it out to be like at some point in Civil War, no matter how down the middle of the road they want to draw it, someone's going to have to be the bad guy. 
in the comics, they clearly made Tony the bad guy. But I don't think the films are going to do that. I think the films are going to walk the line a little bit more, just like Matt was referring to, just like we want to see, is a split between who the fan base is is with. That's how the original comics wanted it to be, but right. then they eventually just had to make somebody a villain. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they're going to be able to walk it all that successfully because they're going to need to point a finger at someone to get to the end of the plot and the fight. The, but cha- with, but the charisma for both of those actors is through the and goodwill is through the roof. You're going to have people blindly going with one side or another. Right. But with but with this movie, nobody likes Superman. Right, right. Man yes. of Steel was was divisive. No one gives a shit about Superman. Like, you know, people fight the good fight that Batman could beat Superman. He couldn't, but Batman loyalists think he could. So, and that's what these trailers keep pointing out, that, yeah, Batman's got a dog in this fight. He doesn't, but that's where, like, Batman's looked at as the vigilante, he's doing the good thing. He's making the right decisions. He's trying to protect the world. Well, so Superman, but no one likes Superman. So, no one's going into this movie, except for me and our buddy Justin, saying, I hope Superman just breaks Batman's neck. I think that people are looking at Superman as, well, this guy is really powerful and could take over the entire world. Shouldn't somebody put a check on this? Shouldn't there be some kind of registration for somebody like this? Shouldn't there? Unless you've been living under a rock for the last century, you know Superman doesn't need a registration put on him. It's, oh, you know he's, oh, he's okay. So guy. he, so we, so we don't want to check him. We don't want to keep tabs on him. We want to let him just run free and do whatever. Is because, that what we want to do? Because as a comic book reader and movie, and movie viewer, yeah. yeah. We know Superman's the good guy. Right, because he he wears he's he's got the costume, he wears it. He's he's a shining symbol of liberty and justice. Is that right? Is that like is that like Captain America? Is that kind of like that? Yeah, which is why Captain America wasn't the bad guy in Civil War. They pointed all the fingers toward Iron Man, and Iron Man and Reed Richards were the bad guys in Civil War. But Superman and Captain America are sort of like on the same side. They don't want to be wrangled in. They want to do their thing and be not under government or other supervision by Argus or the or whoever in the DC universe. Uh, Correct. Are you arguing against me because you're making my point for me? Superman's I, a good guy. Good. Guy. No, I'm arguing against you because. You're, you're fighting two different fights. You're saying that Captain America is wrong and Superman is right, but they're on the same side. Well, I've, never said, no, I've never said... What's that? Because he's, he, that's how good of a good guy he is. I never mm. say, say Captain America was a bad guy. I didn't like, say he, he didn't. didn't say it three like, times. No, people are going to draw... Their, whatever Civil War does, It's they're going to draw lines, you know, yeah, like Chris Evans, I like Robert Downey Jr. But like so far, through all of the Marvel stuff, Captain America's always been a good guy. I've never said Captain America was a bad guy. I didn't say and, that. And you said that, Paul. And neither is Iron Man. But neither is Superman. And everyone just living in America over the last century, Superman's a good guy. You know, like, 
every fight between Superman... But he Superman, doesn't need to be... Nobody needs to put him in check. You know every fight between Superman and another good guy is just convoluted for story's sake. Because Superman's the good guy. He's the good guy of good guys. I would question Batman more than I would question Superman because Batman's the guy with all the OCD bullshit. Well, Captain America's the good guy of good guys, too. I don't question Captain America. But he, but he is being put under, you need to register. You need to be... You need to fall in line, be part of, you know, this government supervision. And you say that that, and he's fighting against that, and you say that that's not the right thing. And, well, if he's such a good guy, he should just fall in line and do this and submit to this, which is what Bat, or which is what Superman should do as well. But he also doesn't want to have any kind of government ties, like at the end of Man of Steel, when he's like, uh... Right, but... There is no registration act in the DC universe because that's a Marvel thing. So we're right. dealing with separate rules. Right, right, right. right. But, but the government and Batman is also trying to rein him in. No one's they're, trying they're, to rein Superman. Their beef is with that he's so super powerful and can do whatever, destroy lands. Yeah, but it's not like Batman's like, hey, senators. We ought to team up on this because this guy's crazy. But the Batman's military, like, I'm so, crazy. I'm gonna. T- I'm talking. Batman's like, trust I'm gonna, me. We've heard a lot of that. I'm so gonna far. jump in on this, and I'm gonna take care of this. I don't need any of your help. Me and Alfred, we got this. I'm gonna take down this guy. And the government's probably like, we need to fuck up both of these assholes, because this guy's destroying cities, and this guy's helping destroying cities by fighting the guy that destroys cities. So let's get Lex Luthor in on this thing. And turn General Zod into fucking doomsday. So maybe it wasn't the... When when you say the government, you're thinking, like, specifically politicians. The Senate, they're the ones that are putting together this registration act. But in The Man of Steel, the, the government is the military, which is part of the government, and they're the ones that are trying to keep Superman in check. So, whether the government is represented <coughs> as politicians in Marvel, or whether they're represented as military in DC, they're still, the government is trying to keep their heroes in check. Right, but we don't know the circumstances of what the government and Superman's understanding of each other are in the beginning of Batman v Superman. No, but we it's know where, clear at the end. We know of where things were Man left at the end of Man of Steel. Right. But this is clearly some time after that. It I mean, is. It's long enough that Metropolis is rebuilt. There's a giant Superman statue in presumably Centennial Park. So enough times passed where we don't know the relationship with Superman and probably maybe Argus yet. But in the Civil War trailer, like, we know where everyone stands. Okay. Like, I don't think you can make comparisons between one or the other, because we're dealing with Batman Superman, we're dealing with way more unknown quantities than we are with Cap and Iron Man, which, like, I mean, we've been involved in that universe for so long, with those two characters, with the governments in those universes. It's, I think it's apples and oranges. M-Dub? You've been awfully quiet over there. Uh, the other Matt. Now, I, I, I think a big uh, I think a big thread through this movie is going to be kind of what Ben Affleck alluded to when he said, 
you know, if there's even a 1% chance that he's not friendly or what, what, did he, what exactly did he say, Mr. Photographic Memory? He said uh, he has the power to wipe out the entire human race. And if the, there's even a 1% chance of that happening, I don't, is that, that's pretty good. Then we have to treat it as a certainty. As a certainty, as a, yeah. that's right. So I think a lot of this movie is going to be Batman doesn't want anybody else messing with this guy. So he's going to be the one to kind of poke the bear and try to figure this out. And I think I think that's where a big part of the movie is going to lie. Right. I agree. That's what I said. You said it in a whole lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> but my but my point was Batman's not getting together with the government or the army and saying, "Hey, let's let's do a team up." Batman's like, his, "I got this." His the the his sentiment is the same his ideas are the same as what tony stark is saying you don't need as many movies as marvel has used to generate that same idea that dc is using in two movies it's the same thing the same ideals i think superman needs an alien green card damn it speaking of green cards did you guys notice in the beginning of the deadpool movie uh, during the opening credits, there was like a Green Lantern uh, mm, photo yeah. ID card. Do we wanna? Do we wanna move into the feature? Yeah, that's why tonight? I did that. That slick segue. It was very slick, very abrupt. That's what I do here. So Deadpool. Deadpool came out this weekend, Valentine's Day weekend, Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, and uh, it's a great movie to take your date to. Uh, although, I liked in the movie, they, they acknowledged, like, your date's probably thinking, I thought this was a superhero movie, and this guy just got shot up the ass. Hey, man, it was a, it was a love story. It That's kind the, of was a love at story. At the core, it was about a man who fell in love and the <clears throat> things that he would do to... To stay with his lady and win back his lady and fight for his lady. That's what Deadpool's all about. Is that what Deadpool's all about? That's what that movie was all about. When you not? When mm. you read the myriad of mm. Deadpool-centric comics since 1993 up till now, is that what Deadpool's about? Well, no, but that's what that movie was about. Do you disagree? I don't know, because the only Deadpool I've ever read were the two or three ultimate Deadpool, or ultimate... Spider-Man versus X-Men books that he were in that he was in. Well, that's he okay, worried. but the question what terrible English. That's okay, but the question I asked you was, is that not what the movie was about? I asked and, you what and, the movie was about. And not to go back too far into the podcast, but speaking of terrible English, I looked it up. Intuiting is not a word. It's intuit that is a word. Mm. So is intuitable or unintuitable. And there There's your grammar, folks. The McSauce Grammar Podcast, everybody. It's good to know, Matt. Thank you for clearing that You're up. You're welcome. Yeah, that's that's what this movie was about. To a point. Well, to a point. M-dub. <laughs> How dare you? To a you. point. Until, until he goes into the oxygen chamber, his whole body mutates, his face gets all fucked up. What was it? Freddy Krueger fucking the topographical map of utah <laughs> i was unclear about the science of what happened to him in that oxygen thing i didn't understand it either apparently we've been over adrenaline we've been over mcsauce grammar podcast we know i'm a dummy 
But like, yeah, like I was, I was listening to the whole thing. I was really paying well, attention. Well, grammar's your like, thing. Well, it's... how does this, how is this working? Like, yeah, is I feel like, in order, like the way his mutation reacted, in order to keep the cancer at bay, this is this was the result was that his body turned into an avocado fucking an older hate fucking an older avocado (laughs) (laughs) that whole shit about the hate fucking was amazing tj miller bravo sir yeah i've I've been saying since i saw it that tj miller could tell me i'm gonna die in two hours and it would be funny yeah i i don't know i think they did they didn't need to make it all that like you they could have achieved the same thing with just like catching him on fire and then like explaining that away i don't know the the tube thing was really convoluted i didn't get it well is it convoluted for me and you or did the mats find it way more palatable walker it was pretty convoluted yeah it was convoluted but that's that's a little teeny tiny detail that we don't want to get i also thought that his his hideousness wasn't hideous enough well you got to make him dreamy He's still got to be dreamy, even yeah, when he's all fucked up. Yeah, I think he up. needed to look, like, seriously about twice as ugly as he did. But, um, Miranda Backroom still needs to fuck him at the end. Or at least sit on his face, as she alluded to. Why? Why? Who cares? Because well, that's the whole crux of the movie. It's the... Deadpool, in its basest, was a love story. Right, but what it did was it took don't every... Don't fucking shrug him, Dub. It was. What it did was I don't it... care if you're new here. I'll fight you. To a point. As soon as he got all screwed up looking, he keeps trying to go and see his girlfriend again. He finally gives up. And the whole movie then turns to, this is now revenge. And he's going to go find Francis. And he's going to kick Francis's ass. He's gonna... Francis took his girl. Yeah, because he's right? going to... Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, he wouldn't have gone after... Or I guess he was going after Francis. But, Francis. but it was more of a reason to... That's what really made him get on that goddamn highway for Yeah, he was hours. going to avenge his lost relationship that Francis took from him. I think the the romance through line was was pretty solid the whole way through. All the, all the Valentine's Day posters and everything weren't that off the mark. I mean, this was a... This movie choked me up a couple times. Yeah. 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 Have me going. So, what are some of the things that that this film did right for you guys? Because we just complained about the we ch- complained the, about the, one minor. I know we're gonna minor get minor thing. We're gonna get fucked up minor about thing. that. So let's get into some of the other things. You know, just right off the bat, the intro with uh, the fucking the let angel me, song. I forget what. Let who me sings tell that. you what else I hated. Let's not do that. <laughs> let's kidding. not do that. Just kidding. Um, but the slow motion intro that went around the SUV as it's tumbling around and had all the little, uh, all the, the little funny opening credits. Oh my God. Those opening credits. Wow. Somebody told me it's the funniest thing on earth. It wasn't the funniest thing on earth, but it was still Clever. really fucking good. Clever. A CG I villain. was really surprised to see that the studio let them do it. Especially like the produced by asshats. <laughs> Like a figure written you know, by Ron, the real heroes. A figure like, Ryan Reynolds and you know Tim Miller, the director, and like the guys at the the basest level of the creation are like, yeah, that's really funny. But then when you show the movie to the producers and Fox, 
they're like, wait, like, wait a second, where are the asshats? And they'd be like, nah. But yeah, they let them fucking run with it. Well, Fox kind of, I mean, let's face it, that is the studio that made the Fantastic Four. So, <laughs> what do we have to lose? Right. <laughs> so they kind of had it coming. Yeah, I mean, this this film from top to bottom was a film made, like, the fans screamed for this film. The only reason why it got made was Tim Miller or somebody released the test CG footage after Comic-Con in 2014. It wasn't even a main thing. It just was released afterwards. Um, it kind of flew under the radar a little bit. They had to cut money out of it and cut scenes and things like that. Um, it And despite all those things, they it seems like the, the cast and crew and writers turned all those negatives into positives by making jokes about them or honestly making a more streamlined story with more streamlined action without all the CG and without all the backflips and extra stuff. There were a lot of things to like about this movie. I went into it purposefully looking for stuff that I wasn't going to be happy about. And it's a it's a super short list. Like, from the opening credits to the stinger at the end. I, w I really enjoyed this entire thing. The entire movie. Almost nearly flawless. The opening credits were cool. I don't think they were the best opening credits ever. But I liked how I liked how they tied into here's this freeze frame of all this stuff that's happening. You get the Green Lantern card, which is funny. You get the Hugh Jackman Sexiest Man Alive magazine. I think that was in the opening credits, yeah. right? You I get like him the pulling the guy's underwear. And then they go back and then they get they catch up to that point and you see how all that stuff happens. And like I thought all that stuff was really neat. All the the displaced time of, you know, we're showing you here and then we're gonna go back. Then we're showing you here and we're gonna go back again. I thought that was a really neat way to tell all that stuff. In that freeze frame, one of my favorite things was McSauce's own Rob Liefeld, the coffee mug, coffee cup had Rob L on it. <laughs> Um, there, there was also a cameo when he goes into the bar for the first time, and he says something to somebody, and then he's like, Liefeld. And it was like, yeah, so right. like yeah. despicable sounding. I'm like, yeah, that's how we all feel about him. <laughs> we love Rob Liefeld here at the McSauce Comedy. Uh, we did. I'm sure he's the, I'm sure he uh, brings us in this episode. He offered to do a bumper for us, and we let him. Mm -hmm. Well, you heard that at the beginning of the episode, folks. Yeah. M-Dub, what was your favorite part of Deadpool, of the movie? My absolute favorite part, and it's not even that big of a part, but just the way that it was handled, was when when Deadpool gets really pissed off at Colossus and starts trying to beat the shit out of him and just starts breaking every limb that he's got. And his limbs are flailing around while he's trying to punch him. And his legs kind of half hanging off and just the fact that he keeps coming after him it's it was just hilarious i mean if i could have rolled on the floor <laughs> i would have been rolling on the floor laughing what about you why are you incapable of rolling on the floor i was in a theater oh and the little asshat sitting next to me wouldn't shut the fuck up oh, oh wait wait wait, wait. No. tell us about your experience 
So you I, get to the theater. The movie so starts at 7 So I go to the theater with our good friend Kenzie and his son. And I'm sitting one row mistake. behind them. You're one row behind I'm one row behind them, so I'm on an island all by myself, which uh-huh. was fine. To my left is a father and his son, and I'm assuming is either his other son or his son's friend. And they couldn't have been older than 14 or 15. Now, Kenzie's son is that same age, and he, for some reason, was able to remain quiet the entire movie. Okay. These two... F- uh, you can f- say it. These two little fuckers sitting yeah. next to me. Yeah! The entire movie. We're talking about, at the very end, I mean, okay, all the way through the movie they were talking, but then at the end you could hear nothing but, I'm pretty sure that they're fighting on a helicarrier. No, that's that's the Avengers helicarrier. No, it is the hel. I'm pretty sure it's the helicarrier. Look, look, there's a there's a big propeller. Shut up. Uh, that's terrible. So that was a bad experience, but it did not at all ruin the movie. It was that good. Matt, did you have a favorite part of the movie? Yeah, it basically, uh, mine's a little more broad than than Walker's. But the the sequence on the highway with the X Men was probably the best part. Just seeing that world kind of collide with the grittier, more over the top R rated Deadpool world was it it blended like seamlessly. It was like perfect. It was because you had the the PG PG thirteen rated X Men interacting with the R rated Deadpool and seeing that conflict and that juxtaposition was just priceless it was great and colossus couldn't have been a better choice to put up against somebody like deadpool because they're like the yin and yang of one another i would like to agree with that in a weird way one of the one of the coolest things that really got me jazzed was when they were panning down on the x-mansion yeah. And you see the plaque out front and Deadpool walk walks up to the front door. And I know we've seen we've seen the mansion in tons of X-Men movies. And we've seen it before, we've been inside it, we've seen it be attacked. We're all over this place. But seeing it in this new environment, from this new perspective, like it was almost like seeing it for the first time. And I'm not a huge X-Men guy, but when I saw it I was like, Oh shit. Like seeing Colossus was super cool and seeing mm-hmm. the real colossus with you know being armored up and hearing the accent and everything was incredible but like seeing just that smaller part of the whole world that they're involved in was like really fucking cool i was like fuck yeah i agree but, there was something surreal about it like just seeing it all of a sudden like it almost felt like a real place because you were seeing it somewhere that you almost weren't supposed to be seeing it yeah and it, yeah. it, but like somehow it just worked. It worked perfectly. In the silly way that he just walks up to the door, fully costumed, yeah, and just knocks on the door like, "Hey." And yeah. I love the. Why are there only two of yeah. you here? Is it because we ran out of money? Yeah, the, usually breaking the fourth wall is kind of annoying to me because I don't think the jokes are usually that funny. But for the most part, they were all pretty funny in this movie. Yeah, that's probably yeah. a good place to address all the fourth wall breaking. Okay, go ahead. That happened. I don't think you can do this in any other movie. You like, know, I feel like I think about like um, 
Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, this did it better than that. And they did a lot of it in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, I watched both seasons of Gallivant, the musical comedy on ABC, and they did a lot of breaking the fourth wall stuff. A lot of jokes about, well, if we get a third season, we maybe we'll see this. And a lot of the same stuff that, that Deadpool was doing. And that worked really well for Galavant, but I feel like when it comes to superhero movies, like, I don't know how else, like, I don't, like, this was the perfect vehicle for that. Ryan Reynolds, the, the writing, Tim Miller, the director, they handled all this perfectly. And I saw a tweet from Brian Bendis over the last week that said something like, for everything he loved about Deadpool, he's terrified that someone else is going to try to do the same thing with a different character, but this is the only character that can really work for him. Well, it's already established that Deadpool, that's his shtick, that's what he does. He talks right. to the audience, and that's why I think that it's, it's already, it's true to the character. Yeah. And, and in a way, Ryan Reynolds, he, he completely made this movie, he sold it, his enthusiasm, his charm, his fucking comedy. Ryan Reynolds is a funny dude. Like, I'm glad that he has this so that people can stop kicking him around for Green Lantern and R.I.P.D. and all the terrible choices that he's made. He's made some good ones. The Proposal was on this weekend, and that was pretty mm. good. Big but, fan. But, I mean, he was just the perfect, he was the perfect Deadpool, and Deadpool's thing is to break the fourth wall. I don't really like it in the comic books. I think we all here are not the biggest fans of Deadpool, the comic book character. I've only read a few things that I enjoyed him in, and they were both um, side roles uh, in Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Force. Um, he's just sort of like a secondary character, but he's well used in small bits. We understand that Deadpool's really the only character that can make this happen, but does Fox understand? Does Warner Brothers understand? Oh, man. I, I would assume Disney and Marvel do understand. I think the biggest... Well, Disney understands that it can't make a R-rated movie. So they could never do that. And I don't know if... I need Disney to make an R-rated movie. I, I don't need... Wait, you said... A, wait, you do need I, them to make an R-rated movie? I said I don't think that I okay. need Disney okay. to make an R-rated movie. I don't think I... I, I don't see a, a long line of fourth wall breaking characters coming around however hollywood much like the nfl is a copycat kind of thing we probably will see a lot of r-rated superhero films with some raunchiness but that's a good thing i mean this is a breath of fresh air that's the biggest takeaway that i have is that this is so different than the things that we've seen the things that we've been getting tired of this was really different. It was fun. It was violent. It was mature. It was just something that we haven't seen yet. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah, and that was that was my favorite thing about this movie was the fine line that it walked. And once as soon as the movie was over, that was one of the first things I, I said to you, was that I really thought it had a really strong emotional core. Like, the love story... And the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and Miranda Baccarin was so spot on. It was so real that you fell for them from the first time you see them meet in the bar all the way up through the end. And to be able to balance the that kind of honest emotion with 
all the silly fourth wall breaking stuff. And, like, just him sitting on the bridge drawing crayon. Like, with everything else, Tim Miller did a great job just honing this thing in and, you know, cutting out any extraneous part and really focusing on everything that you needed to make the heart of the story work and the plot while keeping what I assume is what Deadpool's all about with all the comedy and the fourth wall stuff. But I feel like, and I'm no Deadpool expert, but I feel like this cut out a lot of bullshit that you get in a lot of current and even, like, last 20-year Deadpool comics. And this made him a more legitimate character than the character most people really think they like. Well, I, I, I think that it is... This was made by people that are fans, but fans that have um, an eye for what actually makes that character work. Instead of... If it was somebody that was just like, oh, well, this is what Deadpool is. It's all just dick and poop jokes and over-the-top wackiness. I think that they really honed down what is funny and good about Deadpool and only brought that stuff to the table. Was anyone else a giant fan of Negasonic Teenage Warhead? Yeah. Because I loved her on multiple fronts. Oh, really? Well, first of all, first of all, Sinead, (laughs) she had M-Dub's haircut, so (laughs) I don't see how you like her. She had more hair than M-Dub. Just barely. Just a little bit. Well, I don't see how you like that. That's against, that cuts against your your grain. I liked the, if, if the next movie was her and Deadpool, the way they, the way their personalities contrasted with each other, like she's angsty, you know, um introspective teen you know she's she doesn't want to be bothered but deadpool's always kind of poking at her always making fun you know giving her little jabs like that all that stuff was great between the two of them Mm -hmm. i also love the more the the meta way that he's they kind of had deadpool poking at the base of his fans because as far as i've seen from going to plenty of cons that Deadpool's fan base are those in the backseat teens that are all angsty and everything. And the way that he's just just poking at her the entire movie. He's poking at his own fan base. Am I alone in I think that's seeing an, those parallels? I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. I could buy that. Can I talk about something that I think was a shortcoming yeah. in the movie? I wasn't that into the villain, the main villain. I, he was an asshole, and is, he had it coming. Is Ajax a real comic guy? Is he a comic book villain? Francis? Or he, yeah, or was he created for this movie? I don't know, but to me, he just seemed like a British guy that had a couple axes at the end. Uh, I just... I, you know, you have the X-Men that are, that are helping him out, but, like, the people that he was fighting against didn't feel like supervillains. They just felt like British people. And a kind of a manly-looking, what's her name? Angel Dust. Oh, how dare you, Gina Carano. That... Gina Carano was a man in this. Well, she was pretty, she was pretty imposing. She was uh, just fucking silent muscle. The one takeaway that I had about her performance was 
Thank God she's not Wonder yes. Woman. Ajax, she can't act for shit. I'm a big Gina Carano fan. I think Ajax she's great. Ajax is a but... comic book creation from 98. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure Angel Dust is from the comics, too. She, she might be. But, um, yeah. Gina Carano, good as... As sexy. Well, good as sexy mm. and strong. But couldn't really couldn't carry that Wonder Woman film. That's my biggest takeaway. I was like, man, I was really wrong on that. I want to see. I'm I, I don't. I'm okay with with both of them. Like I, I think they made the right call with the bad guys. It kept everything streamlined. It kept everything in Deadpool's wheelhouse. It didn't go the supernatural route where we shoot our load too early and we're saving Armageddon in season four, and then we need to be like, oh shit. We need bigger and bigger shit to do. Well, that's like, what, he's just taking out some little rinky-dink operation at this point. Well, that that's the one thing that I, I was like, wow. In the trailers before, you know, like, there's... If, if you look at some of the movies that are coming out, superhero films that are coming out, it's all the end of the world. It's and Or even just r- general movies. Independence Day, the end of the world, the end of the world, the end of the world. Is that why Civil War looks so appealing to us? Because it's uh, it's not out of the world. It's your boy. Your boys are gonna duke it out. Um, I think that it's more just the emotional stuff from Civil War, don't you think? It it yeah. is. It's your boys are gonna duke right. it out, and it's gonna be sad when right. one of your boys has to kill your other. Buddy. Which is what was nice about Deadpool was that it wasn't super crazy stakes. It wasn't world ending. It was just like some guys trying to get a ship back together. It was but a big you, car it can accident. Still be a, a su- quote unquote supervillain. And it still not have like super high stakes. Like for what, example, what more did you the, want from Ajax? So for example, the Joker doesn't necessarily represent the end of the world high stakes, but it's still a much more compelling villain than an Ajax. Okay. Who does Deadpool have? That that like I don't know who Deadpool's that's villain what should I, that's or could the thing. be. It's like Deadpool is just popular based on Deadpool. He's not popular because of a. You know, specific rogues. But is guy. that a strike again? Because, well, I mean, let's be honest. Deadpool's a villain, like he, or at least he started out that way. Um, so he wasn't never meant to be the hero of shit. Well, Matt, is your argument against Ajax and his cabal of you know mutant whatever they're hooligans, doing? or is it the guy they got to play him wasn't all that charismatic or interesting? Well, a little bit of both, I would say. Uh, however, we've seen this story before. It's, it's V for Vendetta. Um, you take a guy that's tortured and turned into something else that he hates, but he's become very powerful, and now he wants to exact revenge. It's the same story. Did you think that whenever he was all scarred up and burning and shit was burning, that they were going to pull some V for Vendetta? Like, Did it totally remind you uh, of Oh, that? yeah. That's where I, I thought they were going to do I don't, some V like joke in there. I don't think it was intentional, though. No? I don't think so. Yeah. I think huh. it would have been more obvious if it was. Because if there's one thing that Deadpool didn't lack was subtlety. So I don't think they're going to like <laughs> quietly hint at something like that. But it, with the villain, that is a major downfall of a lot of superhero films. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to totally hold it against it. Like, he was, Ajax was a shitty villain, right? Was he? Well, he wasn't a good one. He wasn't a memorable one. I thought he was perfect for what this movie was. 
For in the grand scheme of what the right, you need movie a forgettable is, villain. I don't. No, I don't think he was forgettable. When I think forgettable, I think Malekith. I think Ultron. I think the, a host of Marvel villains. Right, but and this is like, also I think on the on the oh. personal level. But like, what the, what's Ajax power, dude? I don't, right, because you forgot. You saw it three fucking days ago, but you forgot. He's got he's got super strength, is what he has. But the the personal level that he's connected to Deadpool is what was interesting to me. And I'm, I don't go to the movie to see Ajax. Like, it's fine if he's not the most compelling part of the movie. Like, the most compelling part of The Dark Knight is Heath Ledger. I didn't go see The Joker Knight. I went to see The Dark Knight. Stop and it. A lot Christian of people went Bale to see The Joker. Christian, Stop it. But Christian Bale is Second arguably... Fiddle. A forgettable part of that movie compared to Heath Ledger. But, like, I think Ajax and Angel Dust worked in perfect unison with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool and Colossus and Negasonic in this movie. I think it was so tight, it was so well told, you understood everything, except how Deadpool's mutant power manifested. But, like, everything else was just really tight and really on the money. He wasn't a good villain, but you did need a good villain because Deadpool is the main attraction. He's a rapid-fire fucking character that you don't need anything else to compete with him. So he was a perfect villain. He was just sort of a placeholder. To suggest that Christian Bale was kind of forgettable in The Dark Knight, but um, the guy that I forget his name that played the villain in... um, Deadpool was maybe not so forgettable as craziness. Of course you forget his name. He's been in one movie. Christian Bale has been in a ton of shit. So of but course anyway, you know Christian Anyway, Bale's Christian Bale and and his... Do you really think he was forgettable in The Dark Knight? Like, I, I, rea- I realize the Joker... Right. The Joker he was, was good. the star the, of the movie. I understand that. He and people went like, to see that movie but because of the Joker. But he was still quite good. Yes. And, I'm, and I'm exaggerating, but... but my, my point is, Christian Bale is not... The focal point of that movie, like Agreed. I don't, I don't, I didn't find anything wrong with Ajax or the guy that played him. Like he, he fit his role perfectly for what was going on in the greater plot of the movie. Right, he just wasn't memorable and because you couldn't even remember his fucking power over here. He had fucking super strength and he couldn't heal as fast as Deadpool. M Dub, back me up. I actually tend to agree with you. And I think the reason that he wasn't memorable is because... I'm so glad. (laughs) When you... The Joker is such an iconic... It's a a rough comparison. Right. Right. Who made that comparison, you fucking dummy? (laughs) The greatest villain of all time? You numbnuts. Never said I I wasn't You can't give Deadpool an iconic villain to fight because Deadpool is, to Ian's point, not a hero. So... Giving him a villain who is hell bent on the destruction of, you know, Joe Dirt, who's walking around whatever fucking city they're in, it's not going to work. Vancouver, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to work, and that I think that's that's kind of purposefully the reason that this guy is so forgettable. So it's because the the focus is Deadpool and. Just the fact that I don't know. This I don't think he's dude. forgettable. I don't remember the actor's name, but I don't think the character of Ajax slash Francis is forgettable. There was there was no memorable look to him. He didn't like have a cool look. Like I remember the two X Men that were in the movie way better than the villain. 
Um, but the X-Men were just props. They were supporting characters that just kind of tie everything together. The villain was the really important part, and he was nowhere near as compelling as the two X-Men that were in the movie. But I don't think he needed to have a super cool outfit or a really cool name. Like, I think the fact that, like, he was a normal dude with some understated mutant power running all these crazy fucking experiments on kidnapped people was enough to be like, this guy's a fucking maniac. I think a cool look goes a long way. I really do. Well, you're from the 90s persuasion of comic book villains. You like it to be flash and dash and, you know, big visuals. I'm okay with the understated maniacalness of Francis. Right. Because we all know how much cooler... uh, uh, Kylo Ren was when they took his mask off. He looked so much cooler than when he had that cool fucking mask on. I don't have a problem with his taking his mask off when he's threatening Ray. So anyway, and I also like the understatedness of Lex Luthor when he's just anyway, a businessman. If if they are like going, if they are going to establish that Deadpool is part of the X Men universe. You have just opened Pandora's box when it comes to the possibilities of pulling villains out of the X-Men universe, and Ajax is what you pull out. It's just it's just not that exciting. It's but, not. Ajax isn't an X-Men villain. I he's, understand that. He's a fucking pithy Deadpool guy. Like, he's, he's so low on the totem pole, he's not even on the X-Men's radar. You're making my point. But that doesn't mean... He's not interesting to the plot of Deadpool, because that's what we're talking about. The plot of Deadpool, not the greater X-Men universe. I saw it. I know how he's connected. Then that doesn't make your point, because you're saying he's connected to his origin. I understand that he's connected to his origin. I'm just saying he wasn't compelling. He just wasn't. And he had a crap look. Let it be known for the listening audience. I am standing up for Deadpool. Fan of the movie, fan of the characters. We we not are not shitting on it on this side of the table, folks. Please direct your hate mail to little depressed Matt. Let's also direct some uh, misogynistic hate mail to little depressed Matt, who is forgetting that there is a woman villain as well. Oh well, oh. she doesn't register for him. <laughs> well, no, I mean, <laughs> she just needs to get back into the kitchen. <laughs> Let's 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 take a break with Angel Dust for a second. I thought the fight with her and Colossus was really fucking cool. Colossus was so cool. I'm gonna be really disappointed when he's not in any of the upcoming X Men movies. Well, they're gonna have to catch up to present day, so they still have a, uh, the Apocalypse movie, which is in the '80s. Then they're gonna have to do yeah, a, they're yeah, gonna have to do so. a '90s one. So we're at least like. Two or three movies away from present day. What's the day. 90s one going to be? I don't know. I would imagine that they would have to do it since Execution the X-Men. Song? It, wouldn't that make sense? Because the next Deadpool movie, for those of you that stayed, it's going to be Deadpool, Cable and Deadpool. Right. So it only makes sense that once they kind of catch up to you know these these films kind of dovetail together that you would bring cable into cable and deadpool into the x-men universe and that's a perfect way to do it executioner song that would be cool did you guys like stan lee's cameo because personally oh, i think it was the best out I of all of his cameos it. i loved it i was shocked when they went into the titty bar and there were like naked girls in there it was pussy it was <laughs> wonderful <laughs> 
I was overjoyed. Paul, how did you feel about it there, Thumbs? I thought it was fantastic. Aside from some of my favorite things, which are naked women in comic books. But, yeah, like, seeing, like, Stanley just rolling in the fucking titty bar in the R-rated atmosphere of the movie. It was fucking great. It was awesome. I love how Stan Lee is in that movie, and he has, like, nothing to do with Deadpool. Right, Like, shouldn't that have been Rob Liefeld? McSauce's own Rob Liefeld in the titty bar? But he's a Marvel... He's he's in... He's a Marvel staple. I know. know. You have to put him in there. Um, One thing that I actually liked was uh, before we went to see this film, Paul was texting me about the origins of Deadpool's name which I honestly had no idea. My response was something around, it was the 90s, it sounded fucking radical, it's Rob Liefeld, don't think too much about it. Because I think that's kind of how it goes. And I found some article on Yahoo Answers that was just some gobbledygook about nonsense, whatever. The way that they named him in the film kind of made sense. There was which a- was really close to the link that you sent me. Yeah. So, Is that how he was named in the comic? I I thought that the link said something a little bit different than that, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it was because it, it was army related. It was yeah. It wasn't like mercenary pool. It was more legit. Yeah. But it was essentially the same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. I, so Wade Wilson, obviously, that's his that's his real name, which comes from Deathstrokes, which. Coincidentally, shares a very similar look with Deadpool. What's Deathstroke's name, Paul? Wade Wilson. Or Slade Wilson. Slade Wilson. I don't think it's coincidence at all. I think it's... You think that was intentional? uh, Yeah, it's 100%. Like, Rob Liefeld was going for that. Hmm. Surprising. Is that you? I I liked that... In the Deadpool movie, they gave him the pouches from the 90s, and he even used his pouches in this, which I thought was quite quite brilliant. Wasn't he in the cab, and he's kind of putting mm-hmm. something in there? It's like one of the first things he, he that he did. He had yeah. like something, he was putting it in there. That's great. That's good. Like, make it a point to actually use it for something. Um, and then the way he forgot the guns, and then the, the cab driver's side story where he put his... His what was it? His cousin or something in yeah, his trunk, his cousin. and then the car gets rear-ended. <laughs> I love that morbid sense of humor. Um, it was great. Uh, just it was it was such an enjoyable like glee-filled movie experience. It was joyful. It was very joyful. Something that piece of trash Man of Steel couldn't which, think about touching. Which was joyless. Right. Opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm not. I'm. I'm excited about going to see Batman v Superman, but I'm more excited about sitting here and watching Paul defend the fuck out of it, no matter how good or bad it is. I'm excited about that. Why is that going to happen? I'm not uh, going to defend think it, it will. if it's bad. But I have come to the understanding because over the last few weeks, I've been. Re- I've really You're- been struggling with the fact that people just aren't going to like this movie, and the. Previous trailers haven't given people a lot of stuff to like from this movie. Man of Steel's very divisive. Matt, I think you said it had like 51% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. So, like, I get it. But it's more than that. 
Whatever you said, it, it it's not it, it's not the one hundred that Deadpool got. It's more toward the middle of the road. So, oh, it used to be one hundred. It was yeah, it was one hundred on Thursday night. Apparently, right? until I reviewed it. So, like I I understand that, like I, I I've come to terms with the fact that I don't need to worry about whatever anyone else is gonna think about. It. So long as I really like Man of Steel, that's a great fucking movie. So long as I enjoy Batman v Superman, great movie. But I feel like Man of Steel has a, a longer walk to climb, or Batman Superman has a longer walk to climb than Man of Steel did, because I've seen some shit in these trailers that mm, I don't know. But Deadpool had all that going in his favor, because I don't know anything about Deadpool other than that fucking comic con goers love this character. I don't understand why. I don't get it. Because he it, talks to them. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, like, the chimichangas, but I don't... It's not funny to me. I don't, I don't get it. Maybe I'm a product of my age, but I really enjoyed this movie. I will not be going out and trying to buy the Deadpool back catalog because of this, but I'm kind of excited to see what they do in Deadpool 2. Yeah, this movie made me f- see what people like about the character. It doesn't come across to me in any other form of this character. I've played video games with him. I've seen cartoons. I've read comic books. And it doesn't hit me the same way. I think it took Ryan Reynolds, Tim Miller well, that's just to really idiot. just bring it out. It basically... Look, Deadpool, I don't think, is all that interesting a character. He's kind of funny in the movie. was made well. But that's all you have to do. You have to make a good movie. That's what happens when you have actors and directors and writers that are passionate about the material. Let's look at the flip side of that, the Fantastic Four. You just had a dude that just wanted to make whatever he wanted to make. He wasn't passionate about the Fantastic Four. He just wanted to make his own fucking thing. When you respect the source material, if you're talking about making a movie out of something, it's probably pretty good. So you don't need to like completely reinvent the wheel every time. And when you don't, you end up with a pretty good product. Deadpool is the perfect example. I'm going to predict a new Fantastic Four reboot from Fox called Fantastic Four, the Fantastic Fourth Wall. <laughs> R-rated, lots of cussing, a titty bar with the thing jerking off in the back of the whole club. Is that what happens at the titty bar? Jerking off as rock cop. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'd go see that movie in a heartbeat. Fox is going to be like, well, work for us once. Deadpool. Mm. I would like to give a final shout out to TJ Miller. I do not like TJ Miller on Silicon Valley because I think Silicon Valley is stupid. Well, how dare you? But any any other TJ Miller vehicle. Actually, I like TJ Miller in that, but everything else surrounding him brings him down with it. TJ Miller could tell me I'm going to die in the next two hours, and I would enjoy it. He's got that kind of old school Ryan Reynolds, two guys, a girl on a pizza place delivery. That really makes it happen for me. I, I thought he was great. I love when Deadpool's getting all geared up at the end. He's like going to do this. And TJ Miller's character's like, yeah, I just don't want to go. There's uh, 
there's a YouTube series called This Is Not Happening with T.J. Miller. It's a bunch of comedians that just tell stories about what happened to them. And T.J. Miller is featured on there. So if you liked him in Deadpool, check out This Is Not Happening on YouTube. So uh, I do want to give some final scores to Deadpool. It wouldn't be the McSauce Combo podcast without them. Walker, what we do here is we rate things on a 10-point scale, uh, I think. Yeah. Ten okay, points. Not yeah. like crazy letter grades or anything. We we do the old ten point scale. Um, since you're the guest of honor here tonight, why don't you start us off with your rating for Deadpool? I'm gonna give Deadpool. Are we doing half points too? No. Just okay. Full points. Full points. And you know what? You can even say, oh, it's a high seven or whatever. Because that's and how then, we skate on those right. half points. And then, and then you can maybe kind of elaborate what what kind of. Keeps it from being quite an eight, or whatever. Go ahead. Okay, I I give it a solid nine. The reason it's not a perfect ten is because I don't give perfect scores here in life. <laughs> but uh, it comes pretty damn close to being exactly what the Deadpool movie needed to be. Solid nine. Solid nine. Paul. Ian. Paul. Matt. Cassell. Paul McGinty. We called upon you to go next. And Doug refreshed us. What was your score? I gave it a solid nine. A solid nine. So the that's German not really like a low a nine, nine or a high nine. It's very solidly entrenched in the nines. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a nine as well. There wasn't a whole lot that I didn't like about this movie. So a nine. That's Wow, this is getting nines. Like... This is getting into Thor the Dark World territory. It was, well, let me give the disclaimer that it was exactly what it needed to be for a what I perceive as a Deadpool movie. Being a it's character... Like we just heard this, but go ahead. Go, I'm sorry. I'll stop. I don't think I've said this already. No, Walker I'm not even just said it. It's okay. tonight. But I'll, I'll defer to Ian if... You're bored with what I'm saying tonight. Well, I mean, clearly you're not paying attention to your counterpart to your left because he said the exact same thing, which that's why I said it sounds familiar. But if you want to take offense... Well, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't done yet. But if you want to take offense, that's I cool. wasn't done yet. That's cool. I mean, you, you ran me off the road before I was finished. But, you know, maybe I, maybe I, could, I could finish my thought. And then you're like, oh, shit, I was a douchebag. He, this is totally different from what M-Dub just said. I just want to say that I'm super happy that I've converted Walker's nickname hey, to M-Dub. Shut That's the fuck up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Listeners at home, I'm wearing a DuckTail shirt. So, yeah. For a Deadpool movie, from what I think a Deadpool movie is, not having read any of the books, mm-hmm. not having any familiarity with Deadpool other than what some angsty teen Comic-Con goers like to dress up as. This was better than anything I could have expected. Mm-hmm. So it's going to get a pretty high nine. Now, in relation to something like Green Lantern or Batman Superman or even Age of Ultron, which I have much higher expectations for, mm-hmm. that may change the scale of, of the nine. But for... Going in Deadpool, knowing Deadpool, this was a really good movie. Okay. I think that's fair. Ian? 
did exactly what I thought it was going to do. Super funny. Enjoyed the shit out of it. Want to go back to see it. Nine. Matt. Jesus. Um, wow. Boom, boom, boom. Done. No, because what you guys said is exactly how I feel. But I listened to what you guys said, so I didn't repeat it. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> I listened to what you said, too, and and I agree with you guys. Yes, it did what Deadpool needs to do. Uh, and it did more than that because it put the X-Men in there, which to me was the highlight of the movie, frankly. Um, as much as I thought Deadpool was funny and everything, he's still just not my favorite character. There's something about him that just doesn't resonate with me like the way a funny character maybe like Spider-Man resonates with me. Like, I'll take Spider-Man all day long over Deadpool. Um, you know, Deadpool kind of makes me chuckle, but quite frankly, I think he's trying really fucking hard all the time. He's like that funny guy that you're friends with that just doesn't have an off button or like any other speed other than like you know an 11 when it comes to trying to be funny and like when it's that all the time it kind of like loses its impact for me um paul i understand what you're saying also because of your expectations it's going to adjust your kind of your grading scale a little bit because you expect more out of an age of ultron or a batman v superman but i'm not going to grade it on a different scale it's on the same scale as thor the dark world it's on the same scale as the force awakens and it's on the same scale as the fantastic four with that said i'm giving it a high seven that's at little depressed matt everybody <laughs> Yeah, but I I understand the different the different grades per different emotional attachments to the product. But just based on the purity of how it made you feel, how much you enjoyed it, yeah. regardless of you know all that other stuff. Totally. I I, I stand by nine, but I could understand like based on that other stuff, like The Force Awakens. Batman, Superman, like those have the potential of a ten, right? But you know, Deadpool's high mark was probably an eight. Like Deadpool was totally enjoyable, but like it wasn't that like holy shit, I'm on the edge of my seat with excitement. I wasn't even sure I was going to see it this weekend. Circumstances just worked out that we were all able to get out and see it. I also saw Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies this weekend. So it wasn't like What's your grade? Deadpool. What's your grade? Seven. Solved. So it wasn't like Deadpool was a weekend destination. I mean, right, like right. we're already making plans for Batman v Superman. Right? Yeah. Um, Deadpool did everything and more that I thought it was going to do. I'm not a Deadpool fan. There was a ton of hype. There was more hype than I anticipated going into this. I was... I already, in my mind, was kind of set against it because I thought there's no way that this movie can be what everybody is already telling me that it's going to be. And it met that expectation and exceeded it. Therefore, I'm going to give it that grade. Yeah, I, I went in with the Dukes up because we saw it Saturday night. But even by Saturday night, there was so much online hype for this movie that I was like, fuck 
this shit. It started, I am out. It started on Thursday night for me. I was getting just unsolicited tweets and emails about how fucking great this movie was. And I was kind of down on it going into seeing it. The film's quality won me back, and I, I thought it was a really good... I thought it was a really good movie. It did what I I expected it to do and more. So I would be remiss in not giving it the good grade that it earned with my with my viewing. I think that wraps everything up in a nice tight little bow. Does anyone have any last thoughts to have? No! We're done here. M-Dub, Matt Walker, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, this was a pleasure. Me. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I think you got to see a little spirited repartee between certain parts of the show. All like parts of the show. <laughs> I really wanted to go at you a lot harder than I got to tonight. Because you're an asshole, right? <laughs> I'm aggressive. I'm on, the, I'm on the offensive, as the Canadians would say. We're going to wrap it up for us tonight. Matt Walker, thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Thank you, Sam. We'll see you next time. Is because somebody. What the fuck?